Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxCourt.com. I am your host, Ricky Valera. On today's episode, we're going to tackle the wide receiver position. We're going to talk about our updated 2020 big board rankings. We're going to talk about a guy that we think that kind of went up, and then it kind of got some guys that went down. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you, buddy? I am doing fantastic. I just want to give a shout out to all the uh, the listeners. Um, we've been doing it for, for for quite a few weeks now. Um, and just seeing the progression and the the increase in listeners week after week, um, it's just an awesome, awesome thing to see. So I greatly appreciate that. Any of the retweets, the likes, the the reviews, the anything that we see coming in, um, it's just an awesome, awesome thing to see. Um, definitely, we, we, we try and reach as many people as possible. So definitely want to continue to see that going up. But man, I just want to just want to give a shout out, you know, real quick to all those listeners out there. Um, again, whether it be the subscribers that we currently have and whether it just be when we retweet, retweet those out or, or tweet them out on Twitter, um, just the, the first time listeners, whatever the case may be. So just definitely have a, have a blast and love seeing those numbers go up. Yeah, it's really awesome because honestly, like, you know, I, I said, you know, I would do the show if it was five people listening because of how much fun we have doing it. But to see that, you know, the hard work we do put into this, you know, we do do a lot of research and we have fun and we, you know, you and I, we text throughout the week. We talk about the guys that we're going to talk about. We talk about the future. We talk about, you know, like spoiler alert next week, we're going to talk a little bit about the 2020 guys that we want to talk about next year and stuff like that. 2021. 2021. Yeah. 20, there we go. 2021 guys that we want to talk about for next year and stuff like it's fun kind of really rehashing it and then talking about it. But then on top of that, seeing people that are, are listening to us, that are supporting us, that do retweet us. And it's even fun because like we'll hop on Twitter and then, you know, we're able to like, hey, yeah, we talked about this on the podcast. And then we share the link and then those people listen to it. And we have a new person listen to our podcast. So thank you so much for all the people, like Stoop said, that listen to the show and, and kind of transitioning into the show this week. We, we really text this week and it was very hard to find guys that – we were down on kind of like the running back, but it was a little bit easier when the running back, we had kind of some guys that we could talk about, but for some of the guys that kind of skyrocketed for me this week, I only moved the guys that they moved ahead of like down one or two. So it was hard for me to find a guy Stoops. What was your kind of plan going into this week, trying to find maybe that stock down guy you per se? Yeah, for me, it's this, it was the same way where it's like you look at, so I, I, I try and when I do my rankings, I try and look at it, not so much in a name value kind of way, because I know from the NFL, especially we catch ourselves looking at a name and saying, well, man, his, his value is super high. But you go look at the numbers and production and they don't match up. So I definitely try and look at it that way. Um, but but to your point, trying to find a stock down guy, 
man, it was tough. Like we do have some guys that move down, um, but essentially it's almost the same concept as the running backs. They only moved down because these other guys just jumped up, you know, considerably on our ranking. So it was not a, not an easy thing to come up with someone to talk about, but um, you know, it's what we do each week. So we're trying to find some, some guys out there, you know, to, to keep an eye on, but also understand, you know, maybe their stock did go down, but then again, um, a lot of them, a lot of them moved up. So it's, and it's fun. This this receiving class is is it's to me, it's almost as fun um, or almost uh, as interesting, I guess you could say, as the running backs. Like you know, yeah, running backs kind of in, in a sense rule the fantasy landscape, as some people will say. But these receivers, man, it's a loaded class. Man, there's so much talent. It's so crazy because you know now we've done we did the quarterbacks, which is a loaded loaded class, right? We talked about those guys. And we said, you know what? The quarterback class is massively loaded. And we've talked about it till we're blue in the face. But then the flip side of it is like, man, this running black back class is really massively loaded. And then it's looking at the receiving rankings. And it's like, man, we've talked about it several times. But if you own some stock in the second or third round of, of, of these drafts this year, you're going to hit some good players. You know what I'm saying? Well, and, and it's funny you say that. In my home league, I already had four second rounders. I traded for the fifth one. It's a 10-team league. So I have 50% of the picks in the second round for the 2020 rookie draft. So I'm excited about that. And that's essentially the route I had. I used to have four. And I know I've said this before, but I had four first-rounders. Ended up trading those away for some some current talent to make a, a championship run. But, yeah, if you can get some second, even third-round draft picks in your rookies, the 2020s, jump on them. Because um, a lot of people are wanting those 2021sts, which are just – unreal you know expensive get those second rounders get those third rounders and again once that draft starts coming a little bit closer um the the price of them is just going to go up considerably so even if you have multiple thirds you could probably package those up with something and move into that second round so definitely if you can't get any firsts at a you know reasonable price which i highly doubt you can <laughs> uh, get some seconds get some second rounders like i said i've got five of them and i am very excited about having five of them yeah, exactly. I've been trying to um, in one of my in one of my dynasty leagues. I, I've talked about this with you that I'm not very good in, and uh, my team is terrible. And I've been trying to. I'm not tanking per se because I won this week, which is extremely disappointing. But our <laughs> our dollars and cents, our our bidding money depends on where you finish in the league. So you know, you have the higher the higher the lower you finish, the higher your dollar amount is. So like I've been trying to not necessarily tank, but not necessarily trying my hardest. But at the same time, like I've been trying to trade some assets to get some picks and nobody, nobody's trading. Everybody, you know, yep. obviously you're not – in some leagues you're not in with as smart uh, as the smart per se industry. Not smart and dumb but smart people within, you know, your industry or whatever. So you can kind of get some picks from people. But if you're in a league with some people that know what's coming on, like they know that the draft is loaded, you're not going to – you're going to have to pay a premium – for some for some uh, for some stock this year, and it and it rightfully so, you know what I mean. It is rightfully so, though, Stoops. No, exactly. And just to throw it out there, that I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say it. The trade was basically I sent Julio Jones, and I got Sony Michelle, uh, T. Y. Hilton, and then the 2022nd. So I feel giving up Julio was the biggest piece, obviously involved in that trade. But I but based on my other talent I have on my roster. I could afford to give up Julio and still feel comfortable about a playoff push while gaining that second. So was it an overpay on my side? 
probably because you know with New England you just don't know what you're going to get out of that backfield. Um, but he's young enough, and then Ty's been hurt, so it took I took some chances. I honestly did it to gain that extra second rounder. To be completely honest with you. Um, now, I obviously wasn't going to trade Julio for just a second round, but nonetheless, it's just one of those where I took that chance with the rest of my roster. And then, of course, Tyree Kill goes down with an injury, so I might lose him. So now, I don't know, maybe I did hurt myself too much. But <laughs> no, it's it's one of those where, you know, it, like you said, the, the price of, of draft picks, some people just aren't trading them and some are willing to move on from them, but they're going to need an overpay. So it's just dependent on the league, you know, and that's that's the that's the crazy thing is like that trade that I went through very well could not have happened in another league for whatever reason, you know? So it's just always so league dependent and, and some are willing to trade those picks. And he actually wasn't for a long time. He, he didn't want to move any of his picks. And then he kind of came to me and he's had some injuries um, throughout the season at at all positions. And his receivers were just kind of getting, you know, a little bit, a little bit depleted. So he needed that receiver help. So it helped both of us out in a sense, but definitely league dependent on whether you can get those picks or not. Agree 100%. Folks, let's go ahead and transition into the wide res- our updated wide receiver rankings with our stock up and stop down. Stop down guys. All right, folks. So, Stoops, go ahead and kick us off with one guy that kind of raised up your rankings. Yeah, so one of the guys that moved up my rankings pretty considerably at that, um, and I'll get into the exact rankings, obviously, at the end of the episode, but Justin Jefferson, wide receiver out of LSU, he just, he he did, he skyrocketed up, up my um, my draft slots, you know, my rankings for the receivers, and when you look at his breakdowns um, per week against basically the top four opponents, again, Texas has not quite turned out to be the team we thought that they were going to be at the start of the season, but nonetheless, against Texas, um, 163 total yards, uh, three total touchdowns, and against Florida, 123 receiving yards, um, 123 total yards at that, with one receiving touchdown. Against Auburn, um, only had 60 yards, um, 60 total yards, no touchdowns, and against Alabama, 79 yards and no touchdowns. But nonetheless, when you look at those, he had seven receptions, seven receptions, ten receptions, nine receptions within those games, respectively. So he is getting the ball. Um, his catch percentage on the season, 87.7% catch rate. That's that's just phenomenal. 1,010 yards for 11 receiving touchdowns. He accounts for 37 first downs. Um, and again, we've said it week after week. We look at those first downs, and, and those are some solid numbers across the board. Um, he does not get the ball as far as, you know, as a all-around gadget. So no rushing attempts on the season. But that's just not his his game. That's not how LSU uses them or uses him, I should say. They've obviously got some other guys. One we talked about last week. So um, they've got some guys around the field that they they put in different positions. But he's definitely one of their um, top receiving, thre- receiving threats. Sorry. Um, but, man, looking at his explosive plays, he's got 45 touches that are that um, are eight yards or more. That's 63.4% of his total touches that go for eight yards or more. And when you look at the one his plays that are 21 yards or more, he's got 13 receptions there, which only accounts for about 18.3%. But that's still a pretty large percentage of his touches going for 21 yards or more. And of those 13 receptions, three of those were touchdowns. So definitely capable of those big play abilities. Um, he's number three on the team in, in, in uh, yard distribution at 18.1%, and his dominator rating is phenomenal, 27.4% dominator rating, uh, number two on the team. So he is definitely one of their um, top guys that Joe Burrow continuously looks at week after week. Um, definitely someone that, that 
gets it done in the red zone. He absolutely gets it done in the red zone. 11 receptions on 13 targets inside the red zone for 78 yards and eight touchdowns. So eight touchdowns off of his 11 catches. That's phenomenal. Um, Obviously outside the red zone, 932 receiving yards for three touchdowns. So he gets it done essentially all around the field. Um, On first down, He's accounting for basically 50, uh, yeah, 50% of his receiving yards come on first and 10 plus. So 500 and receive 507 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. And he counts for 17 first downs on first down, uh, first and 10 plus. So definitely get the ball to him on early downs, especially the long downs. Um, man, he, he's just a, a guy that is skyrocketing up my boards, watching him on the field. He finds the open spots. He's got sure hands. He's, He's essentially what you want in a receiver, and he's he's just fun to watch. That whole LSU team is obviously we've been saying it week after week after week, no matter what position we talk about. But dude, I love Justin Jefferson, and again, he he skyrocketed up my boards. We'll talk about him, talk about that a little bit later. But absolutely love Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he is he is phenomenally talented, and he's somebody obviously uh, you know not to dive into, but he's kind of really dug. Doug went further into my rankings as well, and it kind of blows my mind how high he's really skyrocketing. And he's not just skyrocketing just on our boards. I've seen him skyrocketing at the top ten on a lot of different boards. And what he and what he's able to do week in and week out, he's he's very good. He's very athletic. He's he's got some great hands, and that's that's the one thing that I think is a test to uh, not just for Joe Burrow, but some of these receivers. Burrow puts the ball in the certain places, but man, you've got to be able to catch these hand, you know balls because he's always putting them in the place for the receivers to get them. That doesn't necessarily mean the re- where only the receiver can get them. That doesn't always mean the receiver is going to get them. You know what I mean? He's got great ball placement, and I just love watching. Last week he had a huge game against Ole Miss. Man, that nine catches, one twelve, and two touchdowns. He looked really good last week. He's had several games where he's kind of broke out. But think about that, man. He's gone. He's got. St- Six straight games with seven plus catches. Like, yeah. no, the yards aren't always there. But how many guys would you love to weekly in fantasy football that are getting not you know seven plus catches, sixty plus yards in every one of those games? Yeah, he doesn't have a touchdown every single one, but we're talking double digit fantasy points in every single game. Yeah, we're talking different level. But Joe Burrow is playing an NFL style level, and 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 when he does that, he elevates the guys around him, and these guys are producing. And producing at a high level. Last week you talk about Clyde. You know what I mean? He's skyrocketing up our draft boards. This week we're talking about Jefferson. This team as a collective whole has massive, massive amounts of a talent. Massive amounts of a talent. Massive amounts of talent. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna get it right one of these times. Man, Words are hard sometimes. It's okay. It, it is very, very hard. And <laughs> God, this is great. I just love this. But but like I was saying though, for like Jeff, Jefferson's really good, and the, he he had a really good season last year too. You know what I mean? Like you know he had he caught fifty six ball fifty four balls last year for eight hundred seventy five yards and and six touchdowns. So it, it's not a new thing for him. He's just he's just improving his stats with the quarterback play as well. Mm-hmm. And and that to me is really a, a game changer for him because it, it's it's made him look really good. And I'm excited to see him on the next level because. I think that he's going to be good, and it just is a testament to um, a this draft class, obviously that we've talked about a thousand times. But man, Jefferson is—I love, man. I, I'm telling you what, man. I've I've really loved watching this this college football season, man. It's it's pretty great to watch some of these players go out there and ball out the way they can and, and improve. It's not just the way it, some of these guys are playing different from when they were last year, right, Stoops? You know what I'm saying? Like these guys are playing at a different level than they were last year. 
They completely are. And, and a lot of these guys, you know, like you said, last season, uh, even for some of them previous season before that, you know, ju- because they're in their junior seasons for the most part. But nonetheless, the progression that you see year after year, that's what you want to see. Now, there's some guys that just come on freshman year and absolutely dominate it year, do the exact same thing. Junior year, same thing. Essentially, you know, that's that's how some guys are. But for the most part, especially at an LSU and Alabama and Ohio State, those top-notch programs that essentially just kind of rebuild. Not to rebuild, but like uh, replenish their, their talent. It's They've got the next guy up mentality. So to see everyone continuously get better year after year after year, that's what you want to see, and that's what he's doing. So it's just helping his draft stock. Um, it's obviously helping the quarterback's draft stock, and essentially by him doing what he's doing is helping the entire team. Um, just get more open, get more yardage, do anything that they need to do. So definitely love to see the progression year after year. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's kind of the transition to talk about the next guy who who Devontae Smith is my guy that stock has rose drastically up and, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, like you know, like Stoop said. But this guy is unbelievable. I, I this guy has just obviously he had a big breakout game, you know, watching the LSU Alabama game. And let's not lose sight of this as well when we were talking about Jefferson as well. Let's not lose sight when Devontae Smith and Justin Jefferson are playing these big time games against these big time opponents. You know, Jefferson had a really good game against Alabama, Texas. We, we I even talked about it when I talked about Burrow whenever he shredded Texas. They had five defensive backs that were five-star recruits, okay? So if, if, if Joe Burrow is doing that against five quarterbacks, that means Justin Jefferson's lining up against one of these five-star cornerbacks. You know what I mean? So he's not lining up against some slouch. The same can be said for Delmonte Smith. He's not lining up. Now, obviously, I think Smith does um, benefit from having Jerry Judy on the field, having Henry Ruggs on the field. You have three <laughs> debatable top what okay three top 20 um you know draft picks right there uh, in the wide receiver position that are really really good obviously there's some people which i will say his opposition there henry ruggs the third is not as good as Devonte smith you will see ruggs a, a very low on stoops and eyes radar versus everybody else's and that's just because in my opinion and I know Stoops agrees here. Stoops, Ruggs is a one-trick pony. 32 catches, 620 yards, and yeah, very impressive. Six touchdowns. But how many guy, How many games is this guy going to have where he's just kind of a loaf of bread? You know, Ole Miss, one catch, 111 yards. You know, yes, the Texas A&M game, he had one catch. It was a touchdown. Yes, I understand that. But two catches, 14 yards against Duke. Um, four, you know, four, three catches against, three catches, sixty-eight yards against LSU. Three catches, thirty-nine yards. It's just mediocre production. And then on the flip side, you've got Devontae Smith, who in three games this year against South Carolina, Ole Miss, LSU, three big-time games, twenty-six catches, six hundred twenty-three yards, nine touchdowns, nine touchdowns. One in three catches in these games have been touchdowns, okay? That is, first off, that's an absurd stat already, okay? So, and he's averaging 23 yards per clip, okay? So, let's just throw this a little bit to the side as well. My man on first down and 10, 22 catches, uh, 506 yards, and six touchdowns, and and nine first downs as well. So, I mean, he's catching the ball at a ridiculous rate. He's, he does have a 77% uh, catch rate, which I think is a little bit lower than some of the other guys. But his stats year over year, I mean, he's got, you know, unbelievable. He's got 1,026 yards, 11 touchdowns on the season so far. His first downs aren't as high as some of the other guys. I definitely nowhere near as high as, as Jerry Judy. And it's kind of crazy. I was listening to 
um, a football game on way home the other day, and I think they were talking about Larry Fitzgerald. And the announcer was talking about how important some uh, Fitzgerald. He didn't have a whole lot of catches, but every one of his catches in the game was for first downs. And it was so crazy to me to hear that talking about that the, the next level. I don't, I don't think you guys take into account how important that stat is because. When a guy, let's just say Tua. Tua has so many different options, obviously, to throw to on, on, on third down and short or you know second and 10 or whatever it may be. When those guys are getting the ball, they have a nose for the first down marker. And that's very, very, very important. And Devontae Smith, he does have one too. But then let's throw in this, Stoops. I got, I'm keeping on throwing him your way. All right, He's got 16 catches this year of 20-plus yards. And he's got seven of those for touchdowns. 47-yard touchdown, 85-yard, 23, 25, 64, 42, 27, and 74-yard touchdown as well this year. All 20-plus-yard touchdown catches. You know, uh, nine of his ten, nine of his 11 touchdowns have been for 20-plus uh, yards. Absolutely absurd. Um, total scrimmage yards, 20.3% behind only Najee Harris. Only Najee Harris. He does lead Jerry Judy, but let's not get carried away when we're talking on this podcast, okay? Um it, it, he's unbelievable, and, and I know I, I'm I'm pretty positive he's he's gone up your uh, rankings as well, Stoops. Devontae Smith, man, he's he's been massively impressive these last this this not last these last few weeks, this whole entire year. And I didn't even talk about the big old Miss game. The man had 11 catches, five touchdowns, 274 receiving yards. Like between the two games between Ole Miss and LSU, this man had 487 yards and seven touchdowns on 18 catches. Stoops, that's insane. That's that's just absurd. And and it, it's funny. Whatever you told me about that stat, I kind of forgot about it. And I went and looked on the site, and I was on the wrong tab. So I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then I got to the right one, and I saw all of it. But, it, man, he did skyrocket up my board as well. So um, he is someone who who – he's been doing it all year. You know what I mean? It's just kind of – I guess he's almost essentially – and I hate to say this, but been quietly doing it. Not really, but nonetheless, he, he definitely skyrocketed up my board's. Um, and man, to have that amount of touchdowns for 21 plus yards is, is unreal. You know, um, I'm going to be interested to see what he does now without Tua. Um, I think all of those receivers, you know, especially Jerry, Judy and Smith, um, are going to be able to, especially, I should say, especially Judy and Smith. Um, again, we, we, we've said what we need to say about Henry Ruggs, (laughs) but I think Judy and Smith are going to be just fine. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they pan out for the rest of the season um, without Tua. Um, nonetheless, I, I think they're going to continue on the pace. And looking at his stats, you, you hit on you hit on all of them. But he has essentially doubled all of his stats compared to last season to this season currently, and we still have more games to play. Yeah, he, he's he's already doubled his touchdowns. He has quick math essentially doubled his receiving yards um his receptions he needs to get four more receptions to double that um targets not quite there which is it, it just speaks more volumes to what he's doing with his touches so man he's he is he's a phenomenal talent again skyrocketing up our boards and yes he might be um you know number number two on the team in the yard distribution um one spot ahead of jerry judy but again like you said we're not getting carried away with that aspect of it we, we've still got judy much higher but nonetheless um Dude's on the field, and, and he is just dominating. He's number one on the team in Dominator, rating at 29.9%. Again, ahead of Jerry Judy, but Jerry Judy's just a different monster. So, nonetheless, um, we will that's, not, that's pretty we much will, everything about we will, we will not have Jerry Judy slander on this podcast. Yeah. No, no, exactly. <laughs> and that's that's definitely not where we're going with it. So, um, 
definitely love Smith, and he has see his guy rocket on my boards as well. Yeah, it's fantastic to talk about this kid because he's, to in my opinion, he's flying very under the radar in certain aspects because a lot of people are much higher on Henry Ruggs, and by much higher, obviously, I've seen Ruggs as high as three and four on draft boards across the board, um, at, and and basically the you know the third receiver off the board, and and Stoops is a lot lower on Ruggs than I am, but to be honest with you, I just don't see it. To my in my opinion. In order for you to be a first-round receiver, you need to produce to me, produce for me on first, second, and third down. I don't need another one-trick pony on my team, and that's what I feel like Ruggs is. And, and yeah, look, Ruggs can get the ball, and he can score from any place. But as much times as he's – I mean, how many targets are you going to really try to throw him the ball and make that happen? You know what I mean? Like, he – it's not – look, I'm not saying he's been bad this year, and I'm not saying he's a bad receiver – I just think that he's a one one trick pony, and to me, that's not worth a first round pick. I'm gonna need a lot more out of my first round pick than what we're getting out of Henry Ruggs this year. Absolutely, I completely agree. <laughs> Preaching to the choir, right? All right, yep, folks, yep. we're gonna transition now into um, more quote unquote our stock down guy that you have, Stoops. Yeah, so and I, I told you off the air. It's, it's I have them in that section on my 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 notes here, but it's, it's more of a and I kind of quoted it as disappointment of the season, and it's not even so much because of him or his talent because he actually, again, this kind of contradicts the whole title of this portion, <laughs> but he actually moved up my rankings. But it's Jalen Rager, receiver out of TCU. Um, he's a phenomenal talent. Um, you look at what he did last season, and he just absolutely blew. Blew it out of out of the water. 1,052 receiving yards, nine receiving touchdowns last year, and for 37 first downs, um, 71 receptions on 118 targets. So he definitely was was someone who was heavily heavily involved in the offense last year. But you transition to this season, and it's felt different. Um, as we've said before, because we even talked about Rager um, on, on previous episodes a little bit earlier on in, in the the season, in that quarterback play. It, they just didn't solidify a starting quarterback until, and I don't know the exact week, but I'd have to say it wasn't until probably week three or four, maybe even later than that, um, whenever they finally labeled uh, Max Duggan the the starting quarterback there. So once, you know, with all the stats basically from Max Duggan, um, he actually has uh, a 55.8 completion percentage to Jalen Rager. That's third worst on the team. So he um, and Jalen Rager is actually targeted the most by Max Duggan. 22% of of uh, Max Duggan's pass attempt go to Jalen Rager, but he is he has the third worst completion percentage. So to me, that just shows he is trying to get him the ball, but it's the inconsistency at that quarterback play that is hurting Jalen Rager's stats. Um, so it has nothing to do with his play specifically, because when you look at what he's done on the field this year, um, currently sitting at 36 receptions on 65 targets, um, 545 receiving yards with five receiving touchdowns. And he's got 13 rushing attempts for 73 yards, which accounts for 618 total um, yards and 21st down. So again, numbers are considerably down to, to where they were last season. And when you do, I basically did a 13 game projection, assuming they, they kind of keep winning and, and make a bowl game. Um, and, and he'd still only finish at basically 803 total yards, 26 first downs um, with seven uh, receiving touchdowns and no rushing touchdowns. So his numbers are still going to be down and they're not going to look as great. 
Um, still very respectable numbers, but overall, just just looking at what he's done on the field, it hasn't really transitioned. But however, when you look at his explosive plays, um, he's had 28 catches that go for eight yards or more. That's 57.1% of the total touches. And he's had nine um, basically go for 21 plus yards, and that's 18.4% of them. So he, he's got some explosive plays this year. And when you look at the yard distribution this season, he's still number two on the team at 14.1%. And his dominator rating is still 29%. So that's huge. When you look at basically the stats and everything that he has put on the on the, on the the stats sheets this season, he's still number one in dominator rating. So he is taking care of what he needs to when he has the ball. Um, he's got a 15.1 uh, yards per catch um, right now, basically through through the season, which whenever I, I went through and looked and compared it to like a C.D. Lamb, a Smith, a Jefferson, and a Jerry Judy, he would rank third amongst those guys. C.D. Lamb's number one, 22.3. Uh, Smith is number two at 18. And then uh, Rager falls in there three at 15.1, right ahead Justin Jefferson with 14.2. So when you talk about when the ball is in his hands, he's essentially doing what he needs to do with it. He's just not getting a consistent ball thrown his way. Um, and again, it is a true freshman quarterback, um, so definitely going to be some growing pains. It's just kind of a bad timing for Jalen Rager, so it's not his fault. Uh, but nonetheless, even when you look at years previous, so looking at the 2017 season, 21 plus or 21 catches over eight yards, 58.3 percent, and eight of eight catches of 21 yards or more, 22.2 percent there. And on the um, basically, he's got f- and five of those eight receptions. Uh, were touchdowns for of 21 plus yards. That's 62.5 percent basically for the touchdowns to to receptions rate. That's huge. Transition to 2018, 52 play or 52 receptions over eight yards or more, 63.4 percent, and uh, 21 yards or more, 15 receptions, 18.3. And again, seven of those uh, receptions were touchdowns at 21 plus yards. So when the ball is there, when he has it year after year he's making plays so we cannot forget about Jalen regularly and just kind of brush him off as well maybe it was a fluke it's 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 not a fluke when the ball is in his hands this dude is just ultra talented um you can you can go talk to to Ray GQ off of a destination Debbie he's a huge Jalen Rager fan he's been talking him up for forever now um, he's definitely someone that, that's been very very high on him and he continues it he sees the numbers you know he, he's he's a subscriber onto the site so he's touched base on that on his podcast as well man he he's a big Jalen Rager fan everyone should still be a Rager fan don't let the down season um, scare you away from him or, or anything like that again he moved up my rankings and we'll get into where I have him obviously here in a little bit um, but overall it, it's yes I'm talking about him in the down the the stock down segment but he's just not a stock down guy he's ultra talented it's just the play of TCU this year it's kind of been a disappointing season for the program as a whole I don't think they've, they've done what they expected that they would a um, lot of room to improve for sure and it's just bad timing going into you know essentially his time to declare and I fully expect him to declare because to be completely honest with you after this type of a season I don't know if I would want to go back you know and possibly improve numbers I'd 100% declare if I was Rager but again it is his decision. He'll do what he feels is best for him. So nonetheless, looking at these numbers, he is still a phenomenal talent. Um, big playability. Um, you just got to get the ball into his hands and give him some consistent passes. So I don't know if they want to rework, you know, some play calls to him, get him, get him some, some shorter yardage, you know, receptions and let him do some work. Um, but even when they do that against like Baylor, for example, he had seven targets, one reception for eight yards. And he only had 12 total yards on, on the game. So 
it's just, you know, it's it's a down season for him and for the TCU program. But this dude's someone you definitely need to keep an eye on. Keep keep, keep him in, in your, your draft stock, you know, guys that you want to keep an eye on, man. That's all I really got to say about him. But ultra talented. Love him. Keep talking about him and keep his name in there. Yeah, for sure. It's like every once in a while you see a peak Jalen Rager and it's like, oh, man, like the Oklahoma State game. It's like seven catches, 128. Yeah, Rager's back. And then the, he follows up with one catch for eight yards against Baylor. And yep. then Texas Tech, it's like three catch, eight, three yards, and a touchdown. Yeah, Rager's back. And then next week he'll probably have one catch, you know, on 23 targets. And it's it's extremely exactly. frustrating to watch these guys week in, week out. Because, like, it, you think about it like the way we talk about like a Devonte Smith. Devonte Smith is benefiting from you know playing with one of the, you know the best college quarterbacks in in the world. You know, and then Jay the Rager's out here playing with you know a guy that'll probably be you know stocking shelves at Walmart. You know what I mean? Like in a couple of years, and it's and I feel bad for you know guys like that because they're so uber uber talented. And then it's like you look at if if they look at his stats and it's like oh man he's been he's been. You know he's been dreadful this year. You know what I mean. But then yeah. when you look at the you look at the tape, it's not him. You know what I mean. And I think that's a, I think that's a lot of what you know he'll benefit from coming in the draft process is is you know once he's able to go out there and kind of you know play with somebody you know go out there and get catch balls from a, a, a real quarterback at his pro day yeah. and et cetera et cetera he'll be able to showcase his ability. So you're right, 100. Don't 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 take your eyes off this kid because. Like you said, we're you know he's still high in my rankings. You know what I mean? I still got him sliding, and and that'd be the perfect transition, Stoops. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and knock off your top five, man, and add any notes in between there if you want to. Yeah, so my top five, um, for the most part, stayed the same. I actually did have some uh, some movement in there, but number one stayed the same. Jerry Judy, um, absolutely love him. Obviously, as we said, we were talking about Smith. Um, yeah, his 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 percentages might you know be a little bit higher than Judy, but Judy's an absolute stud. I mean, he he just makes people miss, and his his route running is unbelievable. Just he's my number one. Um, I, I I love C.D. Lamb, who is sitting at my number two. Um, again. It's, it's one of those where I kind of fought with myself about it. But when you watch Judy, he's he's number one, you know, for me. But anyway, C.D. Lamb, number two. Um, I did move T. Higgins up. He is my number three. He was number five um, in, in my previous rankings. Moved him up two slots to number three. Number four, I've still got LaVisca Chenault sitting there. And then uh, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. Um, I moved him up one slot to my number five. Yeah, so that's uh, my rankings. Actually, my one through four stayed the same. Uh, Judy one, Lamb two, LaVisca, who I love this kid. And just a quick tidbit, he's having a little bit of a down year this year. But I wanted to pull a little snippet on him because I like him so much. He's had a couple of big games, the big game against USC, nine catches, 172 and a touchdown. This man, this is a testament to first downs. He has 44 catches this year, 33 of them have gone for first downs. Absolutely absurd stat. Um Number four, I've got T. Higgins as well, who's actually coming off that big game. He had four catches and three touchdowns. That was a pretty big game. That was, I, I don't blame Higgins. The, the, Clemson, the Clemson offense has been kind of lackluster. Obviously, it's been picking up the last few weeks, but you know they're running the ball a little bit more. Uh, Etienne's been an absolute monster. You know, last you know half last half of the season basically, and coming in at number five, and he made the biggest jump in my entire rankings and. He was 15 on my last rankings, and he moved up all the way to five, and that's Devontae Smith. What about your six through ten? Very nice. Yeah. Number six, um, this is where I slotted in Jalen Rager. He was number 11 before, um, so he moved up five slots for me. So I got Jalen Rager at six. Uh, Justin Jefferson sitting at number seven. He moved up eight slots for me. And sitting at number eight, I've got Devontae Smith, and he moved up ten slots. He was number 18 previously. 
Um, so he was my biggest mover um, in all of my rankings. Got him sitting at number eight. Number nine, uh, Devin DuVernay. Still like him a lot. He's still playing consistent, even with a little bit. I don't even want to call it poor quarterback play, but Sam Ellinger is just not quite, you know, what he was. And he's just one week he's going to be, you know, the quarterback we thought he was, and then the next week it's a little bit of an off week. And so, but nonetheless, him and Devin, Devin DuVernay still have that chemistry. So his stats are still phenomenal. It's just these other guys are doing that much better. Like we said with running backs. The guys we moved down, it's not because they're playing terrible. These other guys are just playing that much better. So Devin DuVernay sitting at number nine. And number 10 for me, I've got Tyler Johnson. Absolutely love him. Minnesota's been been that team this year. Um, yeah, they just took a loss. Um, but, man, they've looked phenomenal this year. Tyler Johnson is, is a, a huge favorite of mine. Um, and I've got him slotted at number 10. Yeah, so coming in number six for me, I had Justin Jefferson, who was previously – I think we did a top 15, I think, on the podcast – he was not in my yeah. top 15, so he was not even ranked in my top 15. He's slotted number six. Uh, Rager actually moved up from 10 to 7 in my rankings. My number eight is some guy that I, I love, Antonio Gandy-Golden. And it's there's something about these little guys that I just love so much, Stoops, and I just I like slotting him in my rankings high because he's he's having a phenomenal year this year. And his his yardage per game is up 30 yards per game. His catch uh, average, yard, uh, average yards per catch is up five yards a game. Um, he, he's having a monster season. He's coming off a game against BYU where he had 10 catches, 162 yards, and a touchdown. Obviously, you know, BYU isn't the, the best school in the world, but, you know, him playing at Liberty, he, they're not going to play the biggest schools. So that's a pretty big game for him. So him to go out there and show out 10 catches, a buck 62, and a touchdown is really nice for him. Um, sliding in at number nine, I've got uh, Brian Edwards from South Carolina. And then number 10, I actually I have Taylor Johnson as well, who I, I, I made a note for him. Um, he's one guy that I really want, I thought about talking about because I just like him. He just, he makes plays. And as this, um, as this offense has kind of moved through Tanner Morgan this year, who I think is having a very good year, who I think will kind of be on our radar possibly next year, the way he's played this year going into next year, I think he's going to – first off, Tanner Morgan had a big, big game against Penn State. He was 18 of 20, uh, 339, and three touchdowns in that game. I, I, I know I'm sliding in some quarterback talk here. And then it's crazy. So I just have to point this out. Obviously, we talk about completion percentage. So listen to these three games against Penn State that Tanner Morgan had. And I picked these out earlier, and I saw them. It kind of flipped out a little bit. Against Purdue, he was 21 of 22, 396 yards, and four touchdowns. Against, um, against I guess, against Penn State, 18 of 20, 339, and three touchdowns. And um, that just it, – it, it kind of blew my mind that he had two games where he had over 90% completion percentage. But to flip the flip that around, obviously, is to talk about um, let's talk about Tyler Johnson, who coming off a big week, they did lose to Iowa. They did, which I thought was a big game for Nate Stanley, um, who we've talked about on the podcast before. Who I said is kind of like a sneaky guy to to, to think about in the, uh, for the upcoming draft. But uh, nine catches, a buck seventy, and a touchdown. You can't complain about that, Stoops. Not at all, man. I know you like this kid. You talked about him before. We've talked about him via text message a couple times. And this dude is a stud. And to think that he's this big of a stud and he's like, you know, he's on the bottom half of our rankings, not because of his talent, because of the other talent around the kid, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and one thing, and to transition to, to another, I want to talk about um, Tylen Wallace. He is not in my rankings essentially because I ha- have read that he is coming back. So I will just put that disclaimer out there. 
just just so everyone knows, because I'm sure we will hear about it. Well, where's Tylen Wallace? Yeah, and that's a big rumor thing. has it, and I have seen that he is coming back for for his senior season. So, if plans change, he will be in my top five. I had him at number three, I think, previously, but I moved him out completely because I have heard and read that he is is coming back for his se- his his senior season after the injury. So. Disclaimer, asterisk mark, whatever you want to put on it. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, because he was six on my rankings too, and I completely dropped yeah. him out after the injury because we, you and I talked about it actually because I forgot that yeah. there's talk about him coming back. So yeah, don't forget, like don't lose sight about it. Don't you know? Don't ask me where Jalen uh, Jalen Hamzers is is in my rankings. Um, but folks, do us a favor. <laughs> do us a favor. Head on over to expandtheboxscore.com. Like I said, we use this tool each and every week to pull the stats and uh, to get them out to you guys each and every week um, to talk about them on the show. Uh, follow Stoops on Twitter, at Stoops1990. Uh, do myself a favor. Do yourself a favor. Do myself a favor. I can't talk. Do, do yourself a favor and give me a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. Um, and until next time, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. See y'all later. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.